Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Alive Active Shooter Survival Training Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Julian. Uh, I am here with uh, my co-host, Lawrence Borgens, a security expert. He's been in the security investigations world for many, many years. Former Marine, hoorah. So, uh, Lawrence, welcome. Hey, everybody. Uh, Looking forward to a good podcast today. We're going to dive a little deeper into the leave process, the leave part of Alive. Take it away, Mike. Correct. So um, we have before on this uh, podcast, uh, besides multiple other uh, things, we've started to dive into the um, the five steps of Alive, assess, leave, impede, violence, and expose. And a couple of two or three podcasts ago, we talked about assess. We got deep into it. Um, I will briefly share what assess looks like. So this is the assess uh, um break down the basics of, of the assess process, which is the A and alive. And uh, as you can see, that was the, uh, uh, that's where we talk about the very first step of alive. The, the first thing you do, um, it's, it's the step that kind of makes you go, okay, what is happening and what do I do now? It, it, it's the, the trigger to make you think, okay, I've got to go back to my training now that I have assessed this situation, I know what's happening and it kind of makes you block everything else out except going into that survival mindset. Um, and I think uh, one of the things that a lot of people forget about the assess process is this does not have to take long. This can be a half a second worth of assess or a half a minute, depending on the situation. Yeah, absolutely correct. You know, uh, they say that, uh, People have said that my mind, uh, or, or excuse me, my um, my whole life flashed before my eyes. That can happen in a second. This is maybe a two or three second process. This is not meant to um, to delay your survival by getting bogged down in what do I do now. This is actually meant to uh, put everything in alignment and block everything else out so that you focus on survival rather than freezing in fear and trying to figure out what to do. The last, the, you know, the the last place you want to be when the poo-poo hits the oscillator is trying to go, okay, what do I do now? That's what this program does. It teaches you what to do now so you can focus on that. So I'm going to go ahead and um, share that again, and then we're going to go over to the, um, the next process, uh, which is the L in Alive, which is leave. So... You know, if you were to compare this to run, hide, fight, this would be the run portion. This is when you get the heck out of there. Um, You want to escape the situation if that is at all possible. Um, So if you were to run, for instance, uh, a good example of this and why this is so important, Liz Moreno, who I've talked about in the past, is the one of the Las Vegas survivors who um, credits this, the Alive program with her survival. In the interview she did on the news, um, she said, uh, w- you know, we, we were laying there with this shooting going on around us. And I turned to my boyfriend, I said, you know, because she remembered what the five steps of Alive, she said, when the shooting stops, I'm leaving. And essentially, she told me, didn't quite say this on camera for the news, but she said, with or without you. Um, because he wanted to stay there. He just wanted to, um, he wanted to stay, stay put 
and hope that hope for the best. But that is not what you do. If you have the opportunity to escape, to get out of there, that is what you do. Um, we've seen this in the, the Columbine um, massacre, unfortunately, 1999. Several of the young people that died were because they followed the instructions they were given as kids, and that's get under the tables. That yeah. did not work out well. And several the old other people, uh, duck and cover sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. So they got under the tables, but they were easily seen. Other people who ran out of the building actually survived. So, um, so with this process, if you can't escape to a safe area, that is the first thing that you do. You notify everyone in your area of control what you believe is happening with command presence uh, to get out now. Uh, now the reason that is so important is there are going to be people who, when, when you actually realize and they realize that there is an active assailant, an active shooter in the area, people that have not had this training are just instinctively going to freeze. One, they've never thought about what to do before. Now they're completely overcome by fear. They're paralyzed with fright. And, um, at that point, they may be trying to figure out what to do, which is the last time you want, the, at the, the worst time to try and figure out what to do. So they, they are going to be paralyzed and you are going to need to say to them, because you've got the training, you know what to do. There is an active shooter in the area. We have got to get out now. When people are you know, shutting down because they don't know what to do, they're going to listen to just about anybody that sounds like they know what to do. So you're going to want to tell them, Hey, we got to get out of here. Um, you know, one thing in the, I have to say in the run height fight video that we show that, uh, they has been shown a million times, which is a, it's a good program. It's fine. Um, if it's the only thing you ever see, then that's better than nothing. But, um, they, they, they show this one woman who becomes hysterical in this office building and um, there's a bunch of people in the lunchroom or whatever, and she's just screaming and going crazy. And I, I have people ask me, hey, what do you do when something like that is happening, when somebody is hysterical? And, you know, I don't want to be the first guy to say it. So what I say is, well, what do you think you should do? And inevitably, somebody always goes, smack her across the face and freaking make her snap out of it. And I say, yeah, that's pretty much what you want to do. If somebody is so hysterical, that you, you can't, they can't control themselves and you're maybe in a room trying to be quiet and they're freaking out. If it comes down to uh, them getting a little smack on the face or, uh, you know, the guy, the, the, the killer knowing you're in there because she or he won't shut up, then, you know, you, you do what you got to do. And it's amazing what a smack across the face will do to bring you kind of out of whatever, you know, frenzy you're in and make you go, oh, wow it's a little bit of a shock to the system. So um, I think that's a good point about the assess process is the whole point of it is to bring you into the presence, uh, bring you into the present so that you can make a good decision. Uh, when it comes to leaving uh, what I, you know, uh, Liz Moreno did a good assessment. She saw that, uh, you know, people around me are getting shot. This is not the right place to be. So yeah. she did her assessment and made a determination that it was time to leave. In other situations, you might want to leave to uh, go away as far as possible. In some cases, you might want to leave to a, a safe room, a place where you can hole up and, and lock the door and, and uh, you know, be in a hardened area. 
Um, or, or you might want to stay right where you're at. It just depends. Yeah. And that's what the assess process is all about. Figuring out based on what I know now, what are my next best steps? Maybe yeah. staying right where you're at is all you can do. Um, but at least you make an intelligent, rational decision using your brain, your intellect, rather than an emotional decision using fear. Uh, you know, we know that, you know, reacting emotionally can oftentimes be really bad. And I give it the, you know, we give the example in the Alive program. If you've ever been in an argument with your significant other and uh, they say something that just really kind of pushes a button and you just explode and you react, you know, irrationally because it's all based on emotion. Oftentimes you're going to say things that you're going to later go, Oh man, I really wish I wouldn't have said that because the reaction by that person you're speaking to is not going to be favorable. However, if somebody says something that pushes a button and you go, okay, you take it, you know, you take a deep breath, you, you, you push the emotional part away and you zone in, you know, intellectually, rationally, reasonably, and you respond that way and say, okay, look, I understand where you're coming from, but A, B, C, and D they're going to have a hard time. One, they're not going to react emotionally, probably. If so, it'll be less. But now you've actually started a dialogue that, that they can relate to, that you, you push the emotional stuff out and now you're communicating. It's the same way with a reaction. If you, if you react to these people, uh, to this situation, to really any major catastrophe situation uh, that puts you in peril and it's simply emotional, then um, that, uh, that reaction could end up being the, the wrong one. Of course, you want to have the emotion personally, if it comes down to fighting, if it's time to attack, which is, uh, or commit, you know, to violence, in, which is the V in Alive, um, the emotion of pure rage is probably one you want on your side. And that is the, the rage behind the idea that this person is going to try and take you away from those who you love that's when it's time to, in, to go ahead and inject some emotion into it. Absolutely. So yeah. when it comes to the uh, leave process, where are some of the places that uh, people should think about leaving to? And what are some of the decisions or some of the things they should take into consideration to uh, make the decision about where to go to? Yeah, good question. So if you are going to leave, if you, if you, if you can leave the, the classroom, the office room, the venue, the church room, the great room that you're in, if you have the opportunity to get away from the assailant, then you are going to, if you can get out of the building and get as far away as possible until, you know, you're too far away to hurt, that is certainly uh, an option that you want to consider. But what if there's a, you're in an office building and there's a copy room with no windows and a lock on the door, which by the way, I can tell you, uh, they're going to, it's going to become standard practice to retrofit offices and uh, schools and rooms in churches and other kinds of buildings uh, to include locks on doors that normally wouldn't have a lock. And, you know, I guess there may be some logic behind not wanting to put locks that can be locked from the inside. So, you know, somebody can't get upset and go in there and lock the door and cry or something. I don't know, but it's going to be more important now to make, create 
what could be more likely considered a safe room, which for instance, a copy room in an office building, typically it's in the middle of the building or in, middle, in the middle of the office areas uh, with a copier and you know scissors and paper cutter and all that stuff, no windows. And you know, again, with the retrofitting, there should be a solid core wood door, which would be good uh, cover uh, to hopefully stop uh, flying bullets. So if you can get in there, shut the door, lock it, and then stack stuff in front of it, that might be your best option. There, there is no perfect explanation or scenario or solution that is just cookie cutter. You can't just say, in the event of an active shooter or active assailant with an edge weapon or whatever, this is what you do. It depends on so many different factors, what door they're coming in, what kind of firearm they have, where you are when it happens, if there's glass windows around or solid doors. So uh, it's going to come down to you making that logical, rational decision based on the circumstances uh, to decide where you're going to leave to. So uh, Anyway, so you want to get out as far away as possible if you can. So you leave the area of danger and don't stop running until you are too far away to, um, to harm. And uh, if you are responsible for others like children, patients, employees, guests, usher them, again, usher them with commanding urgency. Also, if you have a notification system, like uh, 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 you know, a public address, uh, or even if you've got a VoIP phone and you know, which hopefully you know how to use the, the mass uh, conference button so that you can announce to everybody on, with every VoIP phone in the office building or the church or school or whatever, there's an active shooter near the southwest corner on the second floor or whatever. You're going to want to let people know that. Now, let's back up a second to make sure that we're clear because this is a vital, vital step. This is in the assess portion. Once you have assessed the situation and realize what is going on, if there is in fact an active assailant, you have got to call 911. You have to get that uh, clock ticking. The sooner law enforcement arrives, the sooner it is going to take the focus of the assailant off of you. And then they're either going to kill themselves, which in more than 50% of the uh, incidences they do, or they're now going to engage law enforcement. Either way, when the cops arrive, the chances are this person will now focus on something other than you. So I wanted to make sure that that was reiterated because it does not show in the leave portion and in the run height fight video they talk about run at the very end of the run explanation is when they actually get into call 911 i want 911 called immediately we have got to stop or excuse me start that clock ticking by the way if you end up being wrong and it's not an active shooter and you've already called 911 they're not going to get upset you did the right thing. And frankly, it could be a good training exercise for them. So they're more prepared the next time if anyone ever actually does call and there is an active shooter. Absolutely. So, um, so the leave portion, um, I, I can't stress enough. If you can get the hell out of there, you do. 
you know, I, I, I always go back and in the presentation and the alive in-person training and in the online training as well, I show a video uh, from the Columbine, um, cafe, uh, excuse me, the library. And it's, it's so heart-wrenching to see uh, when uh, the shooters walk in and there are kids hiding, hiding under tables but they can easily be seen from all the way around. They just have something solid over their head, which is the tabletop, but that is not cover or concealment. So they're easily seen. And it, it just, it, it hurts to see these kids, you know, basically executed because they did what they were taught. It has got to change. The teaching in schools has got to be, if you can get out, you get out. Now let's talk a little bit more about leave to make sure that it's done properly. When shots are fired or you find out there's somebody with a baseball bat or a sword or whatever that are, that's trying to hurt a bunch, you know, hurt everybody, you have got to, you, you, the leave process has got to be enacted wisely. You, you don't want to just take off running. You could run right into the middle of the gunfire. You could run right into the person with the, the sword you, you have got to keep your head together. And so let's say you're going down a hallway and you're about to come around a corner. Unless the bad guy's behind you chasing you and you know where they're at, you need to stop and look around that corner and be ready to turn around and go the other way because the assailant might be around that corner. So, you know, I think it's so important to stress how, how vital it is to remain in a rational state of mind. Now, I think anybody is going to be emotional. Adrenaline's going to be pumping. You're going to be scared. But you have got to keep coming back and reminding yourself to, to be rational, to use your head, to keep it together. Some people can, you know, based on life experience and training and already experiencing stress in their life, some people will automatically be better than others in doing that. Uh, but that's why this training is so important. You know, once, once you have been trained and you will continue to think about it, you know, one of the things that I think is so impactful in the training is the different active shooter real life videos that we show. Um, those will resonate. And I used to really caution people before I showed them because I thought, oh my God, people are going to freak out. But afterwards, I would ask people, what, what did you like the least about um, the presentation? And many times they would say, well, I liked the videos the least. And then they would say, but they were the most impactful because it made it real for me. That made me realize that these people will, if, if it made an impact and it was a little disturbing, they're going to think about it again. Now that's not so bad. They're going to get PTSD or anything, but they're going to, they're going to go over it a few times. That is what we want to happen. The more you think about something, the more prepared you will be for it typically when it actually happens. So um, I just, I think those videos are so, so important to make an impact, a lasting impact on people um, so that they continue to think about it and let it resonate and stew and, you know, maybe go over the different scenarios in their minds so that 
you know, once, if that ever happens, God forbid they're ever in that situation, they're going to think back just like Liz Moreno did in Las Vegas. They're going to think back to the training and they're going to go, wait a minute, I know what to do. Um, I think one of the important things about, about this training and how raw and in your face it is, because we don't pull any punches, right, Lawrence? I mean, it can it it can be a kind of a brick to the forehead when you see some of these videos. That's correct, and uh, we've had some uh, some of those kind of reactions from uh, students during the training before. Yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. But then at the end, they're like, "Wow, um, yeah, it freaked me out, but it made it real for me." And so that they end up appreciating that kind of you know in your face approach. But it, it it's what will resonate if this ever happens to them and it's what makes them think and prepare so that, you know, they've already experienced this level of stress just by viewing the videos and by listening to the training and the stories, it's not going to be such a, it's not going to be as scary or as sudden of an impact. They will have already been through it. And, you know, being prepared, basically, it all it all comes down for some level of preparation. And if you've already experienced some anxiety, you're going to be that much further ahead when you actually are in one of these situations. Absolutely. I know that uh, when people are in a stressful situation, the natural reactions are uh, fight, flight, or freeze, right? Yeah. Those are the kind of the three things that people do. And so uh, I think that we can agree that if, you're, if your natural reaction is to freeze, you probably have the lowest chance of survival uh, in an active shooter or active assailant situation. And yeah. so what we're really kind of uh, discussing here, we'll get into in the future as we work through the five steps of the alive process, we'll get to the uh, violence portion, the fight part. But, uh, you know, so right now we're just really focusing on that, uh, on that flight part. Uh, the other part is a uh, uh, thing that you said that I wanted to uh, touch on was you talked about notification and picking up a phone. Number one, first call 911 because we want to get the clock ticking. And uh, that's the whole premise of your book, 10 Minutes to Live, is generally speaking, these incidents are over in 10 minutes. So you want to start the 10-minute timer as soon as possible. And if it's a false alarm, it's a false alarm. Better safe than sorry. Uh, the cops aren't going to be pissed. Uh, so get that clock ticking. But uh, when it comes to notification system, a lot of times uh, people that have procedures that they've uh, designed for this, they're expecting somebody to pick up a phone and speak rationally and give good instructions in the middle of, of uh, you know an active shooter situation, active assailant situation. And that's not likely. So one of the things that I've, I've heard of recently that they're doing is having a pre-recorded um, uh, notification system in the building so that they can, anybody can pick up a phone, dial a certain combination of numbers and hang up and it, and it gets the ball rolling on that pre-recorded announcement in the building. So that's a, a good part of the, uh, of, the, of the leave process as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the, way, it, it, by the way, by the way, regarding notification, it's important that everybody understand that it, 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 they are most law enforcement agencies are now uh, adopting a uh, text to 911 
so you need to know, and I don't know if there's a universal like 611 or 811 or whatever, but um, you need to know your local law enforcement's uh, text code. So you can, you can literally, if you can't speak, you can start texting with a dispatcher what's going on. Um, and I think that's, that's a good thing. Also, a lot of schools and colleges especially now, because everybody in the world is um, doing something, uh, and of course they're monetizing this. I mean, when there's a need and in times of crisis, people sometimes benefit. Well, there's a lot of people creating different products and softwares and anti-intrusion devices, which many of them are very, very good because anything is better than nothing. But there are now mass notification uh, apps out there, uh, and a lot of colleges have them. So college kids can, can download the apps, and when there is an active shooter, they can, somebody will just do a notification, and it'll go out to everybody. Some are so sophisticated that um, you know, there's GPS-enabled stuff to kind of help you locate where they are once they're able to, um, you know, say, okay, determine where the person is and so forth. So notification is definitely a very, very important part of the survival process, not just for yourself, but it's also assisting other people to, um, you know, to know what's going on to help them survive. Absolutely. Good stuff. What else uh, do we need to know about the leave uh, step in Alive? Well, um, you know, <laughs> Uh, there is, uh, I, I can say, I, I don't want to be too critical. However, uh, the run, hide, fight video, which I said is, it, it was a great first version. It's a good foundation that a lot of people like us have built that, you know, improved programs on. But one of the things that they show in the video for that I like to show is the don'ts rather than the do's. Uh, in the video, they show a lot of people downstairs when they actually get outside gathering next to a block wall, but it's under the second story window of the building that they just escaped from. So the, the don't in this scenario would be don't just huddle somewhere where you can still be seen out of a second story window. Uh, the shooter may be looking out the window to see if law enforcement is there yet and see all these people. Now they can just fish in a barrel, you know, take them out one-on-one. -on -one. The lead process is you take it through to the end. You, if you're able to escape, you get out of there and you keep running. If you're running down a long hallway and you think the guy's behind you, don't just run in a straight line because all he has to do is just aim right at you and shoot. You, 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 you avoid, you make a, you know, moving heart targets are difficult to hit even for a good marksman. So you keep going. If you're running away from a building and there's another building that you can get around to put between you and the building the assailant is in, you do that. I think, you know, in the book, I describe um, the process of leaving with the idea of, or, or just evading and avoiding the process of, of knowing where the assailant is. Now, that's obviously very important. And I use the example of when I was a kid growing up in Northern Colorado, uh, myself and my friends being brilliant young people would have BB gun wars. So we would put on sunglasses to protect our eyeballs and then we would get our BB guns out and we would have wars and shoot each other. Well, and we had lots of, uh, you know, uh, trees and stuff like that. 
if you know where the bad guy is and where they're looking and where they're focusing and their, their energy and where they're trying to hurt people, you can use that information, information to evade and avoid and possibly even counter. Um, and in, uh, part of the, uh, well, in the violence portion of the presentation, we talk about if the assailant is looking in another direction or focusing their attention in another direction and you have the opportunity to get to them and take them down or take them out, then you do that. But anyway, so going back to the original, your question, Lawrence, um, uh, you, you want to make sure that if you're going to leave, you do it all the way, commit to survival, get the hell out of there, keep things between you and the shooter. Don't just stop outside and go, wow, I'm safe. This is not the movies. You take off running and you keep running until they cannot hurt you any longer. Absolutely. And take as many people with you as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, like I said, you let people know with commanding urgency, there's an active shooter in the building. We have got to go now. I, I can't stress enough the importance of the training, everybody being trained clearly. And I use the example during, during the, uh, the training presentation, I say, who here has been on a team sport before? Well, ultimately, you know, there's guys and girls that have played football, played soccer, played volleyball, whatever. So I say, well, in that team sport, you have a position and you know your job in that position. You know, the person on the right of you know, knows their job and the person to the left of you knows their job. So you act cohesively as a team. If everybody is trained together in a, the same way, they're going to know, okay, these people all know what to do. And you're going to be way, way more effective. So it's so important that everybody gets the training or, you know, everybody reads, reads the book or, or does the online training. At least, you know, okay, we're going to act as a team because we've all been trained together. So that's why I use the, uh, the example of team sports. Um, so Anyway, so I, that's the wrong when I when I talk about the uh, I show the video. Um, so leave basically means get as far away as possible until you are safe. Now, fortunately, we don't have any um, recent active shooter events to talk about. Uh, one thing that I did notice that frankly is a little aggravating is. Um, our, our media, our wonderful media, um, being the media, is doing things like using the term active shooter as headlines to get attention when they're actually not active shooter events. There was something that happened um, just recently. Um, there was a, an altercation between two groups of people that ended up shooting at each other. That is not an active shooter. An active shooter, active killer, active assailant, is somebody who typically goes to an area that is densely populated and they try and kill as many people possible in a short amount of time as possible. Oftentimes, those are random events. They're not, they just, you know, they just go somewhere to enact this horrible event and, and create terror. Uh, it is not, you know, a gang war. That is not an active shooting. Um, so, Unfortunately, the media is starting to use the term active shooter to get more attention to their 
because it's a hot topic. It's a buzzword. Right. They're just overusing it now. They're overusing it and they're going to dilute it and they're going to desensitize people. And that's not good. We need to remember what that, what that term means and who these people are so that we can focus, identify, recognize who they are, what they're doing and, and go through the process of the five steps of a life to, to survive. Absolutely. So does that pretty much, uh, um, cover the leave step of a life? That is the leave step of alive. The next three obviously are um, impede. I is for impede, and that is to create time and space to stop the assailant from getting to you or slow them down until law enforcement gets there. Because as we talked about, when they get there, um, then the shooter or assailant will focus on them. The V then is for violence, and that is a 100% committal to enacting violence upon somebody who wants to kill you. And then the E at the end is for expose your position. And that is to, um, when you think it's over, it may not be. So either if you're in a safe place, stay where you're at. But if you are going to expose and try and get out of there or you believe it's over, you need to do it very, very wisely because the shooters may still be there or law enforcement may mistake, mistake you for a bad guy if they don't know that you're not a bad guy. Absolutely. And how can people learn more about uh, Alive and using the Alive process and the Alive program to keep you safe? Ab- absolutely. The, so the, the website for Alive is activeshootersurvivaltraining.com. It's a long one, but it's pretty uh, to the point, activeshootersurvivaltraining.com. There you can um, find out about the three different trainings we offer uh, and by the book. There's the in-person training that can be done anywhere in the country. Now it's actually international. Uh, it's anywhere from an hour to three hours, depending on the time slot that is given. Um, and we've done it everywhere. We've done it at church. We've done it at churches, schools, uh, utilities agencies, buildings, uh, you know, entertainment venues. It the the five steps of alive can literally be uh, enacted and applied to any type of active assailant situation in any area. Um, so there's the in-person training that can be um, that can be uh, given. There's the online training, which is. Um, it's newer. It's just a couple of months old. It's, uh, there's two of those. There's an accelerated version, which is about an hour and that's just the five steps of life. And then there's the comprehensive version, which is around three hours. And that is all kinds of stuff, recognizing the warning signs, um, dealing with triggers. We go into, uh, mindsets as far as the, uh, security mindset, which is how you want to be before an event, the survival mindset, which is exactly where you need to put where your head needs to be when an event like this begins. We even talk about the mindset of the killer. So uh, again, going back to sports, something that I identify with, if you know the playbook of the other side, the other team, you're going to be much more equipped, better equipped to counter their play. So if you know why an active killer does what they do, what's going on in their head, you will be better equipped to counter that. Um, so that's the online uh, program. And then we've actually, we need more instructors. Um, the, the training is blowing up. We need more instructors. So we've got a two day, seven module, um, alive 
in, uh, certified instructor course. And then we just had one a couple months ago. We had people come from all over the country and we taught and certified a bunch of new instructors. And, you know, the cool thing about that course is Alive is trademarked. So Alive is Alive. There's not, you, you know, it is what it is. It's not going to be diluted or broken up or, or, or taught any other way than the way it was created. But it's a very, very effective program. And uh, because it's proven, obviously, by survivors, uh, there's a lot of guys in our industry, security professionals, who have clients who say, hey, do you provide active shooter survival training? And up until now, they've either said, no, I don't, or sure, I do. And they go and try and create their own. And frankly, you know, it's not gonna, if it's not five or six years old like, our, like this one and taught hundreds or thousands of times, it's probably not going to be quite as effective or as high a quality. So this program can be taken and taught and adopted as, as their, another security company's resident program. So it can be XYZ security consultant uh, teaching Alive. And because Alive has, you know, a good reputation and a good name and has been around so long, um, that can be a selling point. So that's a new rev revenue stream for those instructors. And then, of course, you can... Uh, uh, certified instructor course is going to be January 24th and 25th. And they Correct. can get information about that on the website. That's right. January, thank you for that plug. That's right. Uh, the 24th and 25th. And then also I wrote a book uh, that was published a couple of years ago called 10 Minutes to Live, Surviving an Active Shooter Using Alive. And we know that 98% of all active shooter events have were 10 minutes or less. And the highest body counts, including Las Vegas and Virginia Tech, were exactly 10 minutes. So uh, the book is pretty much the whole program in written format, but it has a lot more. But it focuses a lot on the mindset you need to have for that 10 minutes. Because if it's if the chances are it's only going to last 10 minutes and you're four minutes into it, then we want you focused on going, okay, six minutes left, five minutes left. You're, you're, you're focused on the end point, on the finish line, not on freaking out being afraid. Uh, it's all about survival. So that's what the book 10 minutes to live um, does. It's, it's on Amazon and it's also available in, in uh, on Kindle. So uh, Lawrence, I want to thank you as always for being my co-host and uh, I love your shirt. Let's see your shirt. Open your jacket there. Bam. How about that? Alive. You, you got the black one. I've got the, the, the royal blue. Yep. Uh, we will be back with another episode. With any luck, uh, we will not have any new active shooter events to discuss, to break down. But if we do, we're going to talk about those. We're going to analyze them and we're going to um, see how applying the, the alive steps might have helped uh, people survive. Uh, but if we don't have any new events, hopefully, then we will probably go right to the I in Alive, which is Impede. We'll break that down and we will continue. If anybody has any comments, um, put them in YouTube. If there's anything you want to see or us to talk about, we're happy to do that. So just put them in the blog um, or anywhere in, in any of the uh, vehicles that will be either showing the video podcast or the audio anchor does that for everywhere and until next time uh, Lawrence again thank you I want to thank everybody for watching and we look forward to seeing you all again very soon thanks again bye everybody